Open your Bibles with me. Well, let's, we'll go to a couple of places here. Uh, 1 John chapter 5, I want to read again. That's our foundation text, our foundation scripture. Then we'll go over here to the book of Luke in just a moment. But if you will, uh, let's read 1 John chapter 5. That's the little book of John way over at the end of your New Testament. Verse 4 says, For whatever is born of God overcomes the world. And this is the victory that has overcome the world, our faith. Who is he who overcomes the world but he who believes that Jesus is the Son of God? Do you believe that Jesus is the Son of God? Then you are a world overcomer. Now what does that mean? That means that you have in you the ability to overcome anything, everything that this world might do. The system, I'm talking about the system of the world might do to stop or to destroy you. You have world overcoming faith. I'm going to make sure that in these last days that you have opportunity to receive this engrafted word of God that's called in your Bible that's able to save your soul. We are in the process, amen, of saving our soul. What do we need to be saved from? Well, we'll look at these things, okay? Now go with me over to the book of Luke, chapter 19. Now, Luke chapter 19 is where Jesus encounters this man called Zacchaeus. And uh, Zacchaeus, I don't know, he... he uh, he was a Jew. Now, obviously, he was backslidden. Um, but he worked for the Roman government. And uh, what he did for the Roman government was collected taxes. Now, we would equate that today to, you know, like an IRS. And uh, everybody loves the IRS. Come on. <laughs> And he was not uh, a real likable guy, uh, but the reason he wasn't likable, I don't think just because he collected taxes, but he was a crooked tax collector because he, you know, he uh, took some of that uh, and put it in his pocket, okay? And so I guess in today's uh, vernacular, we would say he was a, a, a swindler. Okay, and so uh, the, the, the Bible says that he was a rich man. The word rich there in the Greek is um, plusius, which we get a, the, 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 the word plutocrat, which means someone who is uh, incredible wealthy to the point that they influence. You know, unfortunately, we live in a society, and it's been that way, I mean, seems like forever, that, that money talks and people with money uh, have influence. People that don't have money have very little influence. So the Bible makes a point of saying this man was rich. In other words, he was rich to the point where he influenced government. And we have people like that. Their, their money is so substantial that they influence lawmakers. 
It's okay to say amen every once in a while. And, and so the Bible makes a point, okay, that he was not a real popular person, yet he heard about Jesus. Now, I think this is possible. Now, we have to listen to what's being said here because Jesus had instructed that they were to pray to the Lord of the harvest for laborers to go out into the harvest field. Remember that? Because you need laborers going out there telling people about Jesus. Well, he heard about Jesus and he wanted to see Jesus. And the crowd was around him, so he climbs up this sycamore tree. In fact, let's just read here. You know, obviously somebody prayed for him, and he had a hole in his heart. I'm talking about, you know, a hole, meaning he wasn't whole. There was something defective. I mean, everybody that doesn't know Jesus has a defective heart. Jesus comes to make whole our hearts. There's something inherently flawed when we don't have God in our life. Are you with me? You'll do things. Uh, you will do things that will hurt people. You'll do things that will take from people. You'll do things that will hurt yourself and, and so on and so forth. So, Here's what the Bible says. It says that, well, let me just read it. In verse 4, it says, So he ran ahead, talking about Zacchaeus, and climbed up into a sycamore tree to see him, for he was going to pass that way. Now, to me, the tree represents the world. And, you know, a lot of times we use our own ability, our own uh, means as thinking, notice I said thinking, that we're on top. Of the world. And uh, the Bible makes another uh, reference here that he was short. Now, I don't think the Bible was making fun of him because he was short in his stature, but the fact that, you know, we can look big and we can think our money can make us bigger than what we really are and more powerful than we really are. But when he came down to see Jesus, come on, how many know that Jesus and his kingdom is greater and taller than anything in this world? So kind of, you know, as you read your Bible, understand why or why these things are written like that for us to hear. It says, and when Jesus came to the place, now look, he looked up and said to him, Zacchaeus, make haste and come down for today I must stay at your house. But when they saw it, look at verse 7, just roll it for a second time. But when they saw it, talking about the disciples, have we got some noise here or something? When they saw it, the disciples began to, to is it this thing? Emilio, you hear somebody? Can y'all go turn off something up there? Okay, because I don't want this thing to distract. You need to hear this because... All, all the people around there begin to complain. Are, are they still here? Any, any of the musicians still here? Where in the world are they at? They ought to be in here listening to the word of God. Oh, praise God. Come on. We got some ways to go. All right. Now listen. We take authority over the devil right now in Jesus' name. 
We're not going to allow. See, I started talking to you about the distractions earlier. And here comes the enemy. You know, when you get ready, when the master said, we're going across to the other side, what happened? Here come the devil. Here come the storm. And so when God says, I have something I want my people to hear, what I'm talking about is the supernatural church. I, I didn't intend for this to become a series, but as I begin to, thank you, as I begin to uh, pray and seek the Lord for this congregation, because I believe the Lord gives a word for the people that you're ministering to. It's not just about coming up here and preaching. It's not just about coming up here and having a message. It's about coming up here having something from the heart of God to the heart of the people that assemble themselves in this place. And you're here today because God has something for you. And so everybody began to complain because they said, why is he going to be a guest of, of, of a sinner? Now, how many know sinners need saving? There's a lot of God's people that need deliverance, but sinners need to be saved. You, you can only revive somebody that's already been made alive, but when somebody's dead or when something's dead, it has to be resurrected. The Bible says, if any man be in Christ... It says, old things have passed away. Behold, what? All things become new. And so the point I'm making to you, we're about to enter into a new year. 2014 is going to be the year of the supernatural church, and you're part of the supernatural church. There has to be an expectancy. In other words, I have to do my part. My part is to preach my job is to teach you about the supernatural church so you can develop faith because you won't expect something that you know nothing about. We got to get past of just coming into church ho-hum and, you know, uh, well, the pastor's here. Let, let's see what he's got to say today. You need to come with an expectancy. This is going to be a year where God's going to use you as the supernatural church as part, now listen to me, as part of the labors that are going out into the harvest field because I don't know if you realize this or not, but influential people in our city, in our town, in our community, they need Jesus too. Rich people need Jesus too. People that don't have money need Jesus. People that do have money need Jesus. A lot of times we look down on somebody because of their prestige. We don't need to look down at anybody. Our job is not to judge them. Our job is to be a light. Our job is to be a witness. Our job is to tell them about the love and the power and the hope that's in the gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ. Because our influence can only take us so far. Our money can only take us so far. Jesus is the one who said, what would it profit a man if he gained the whole world but would lose his soul? So we don't want anyone to lose their soul because we neglected to be the church that's alive, not dead, not going through motions, but listen to me, 
we have been given a task or we have been given that assignment. If you read on down here, he said in verse 9, Jesus said to him, Today, Zacchaeus, salvation has come to this house because he also is a son of Abraham. For the Son of Man has come to seek and to save that which was lost. So I'm saying to you prophetically that the year 2014 is going to be a year where influential people, and I'm talking about in our communities, are going to come to know the Lord Jesus Christ. I'm talking about getting saved. I'm talking about really, really getting saved and on fire and turned on to God. Okay, you can get excited if you want to. Look at verse 12. Therefore he said, a certain nobleman went into a far country to receive for himself a kingdom and to return. So he called ten of his servants, delivered to them ten minas, or in other words, he supplied to them financially and said to them, do business, or as the King James says, occupy until I come. Now, that word business or the word occupy in, in the Greek means to advance and to hold. To advance and to hold. Not just hold on, not fall back, but to advance. We are to advance as the army of the Lord. There's an army of God that's rising up in this last generation. Now either we're going to be a part of that army or that army is going to pass us by. We are called by God to do business. Now look, we, let, let me just finish this up. We have been sent here by God to advance, to hold, but not fall back. To advance, not to retreat. To hold, to advance, not retreat. Are you with me? Now, what or when is Jesus going to come? Well... Hebrews 1.13, just put it on the screen because I need to get through these quickly as I can. Uh, look what it says. But to which of the angels has he ever said, look at this, set at my right hand till I make your enemies your footstool. Now notice here, we have been assigned to be on top. We have been assigned to advance. We're not here just you know, letting our well dry up, becoming weary. We're learning how to get past that where there can be a spring, if you will, uh, a fountain, if you will, the artesian well, something that will not dry up because God's kingdom cannot and will not dry up. God has enough to supply every need of every believer, not only in this church, but in the church of God throughout the whole world, in every country, in every nation. Because Jesus is the Lord and the head of the church in which we are the body. Okay, now, Revelation, let's confirm this thing because we ought not be here today concerned about how we're going to make next month's mortgage. I'm not talking about us as a church. I'm talking about you as an individual. You shouldn't be sitting here thinking about what bill collector is going to call you next. You're going to have to learn how to take dominion and use authority. That's why I'm teaching you these things. Because the enemy is relentless. He is cranking up the heat. 
<laughs> He's coming with vicious attacks on the body of Christ. Now, we said this last week, but let me say it to you again. He's really not so much after you, he's after your faith. Now, he can get your faith when you stop replenishing faith with the Word of God. There is nothing, nothing, no thing that takes place of you hearing the Word of God. You can shout, you can jump, you can dance, you can worship, you can sing, but nothing takes place of you hearing, replenishing your spirit with the Word of God. Okay, Revelation eleven fifteen. Let's confirm. I'm just showing you what the conditions will be like when Jesus comes. You'll have to come on Wednesday if you want to find out about the end time and the judgment that's coming. But listen to what he said. Then the seventh angel sounded, and there were loud voices in heaven saying, The kingdom of this world have become the kingdoms of our Lord and of his Christ, and he shall reign forever." And ever. Now, notice the Lord, the kingdoms of our Lord and of His Christ. The word Christ means what? The anointed one and His anointing. We are His Christ. He is the head, we are the body, and those two cannot be separated. We've already established that. Amen? Now, look at Matthew chapter 24, verse 14. Are y'all here this morning? Okay. I'm in rapid fire. I'm in machine gun mode. But you can, you, I talk fast. You can listen fast. All right. Now look. It says, and the gospel of the kingdom will be preached in all the world as a witness to all the nations. And then, when? <laughs> then the end will come. The gospel of the kingdom is not somebody just standing up preaching a good message. The gospel of the kingdom is not somebody that, you know, all of a sudden they, they, they want to go out and just start a church. The gospel of the kingdom comes with demonstration and power. 2014 is going to be the year of the supernatural church. It is going to be a church that has the power of God and it's demonstrating that power. Are you with me? Because it's only through the power of God can there be a release of people to come to know God. This thing doesn't happen naturally. It doesn't happen superficially. It happens in the power of God. The anointing upon you is upon you for a purpose. It's upon you for a reason. Listen to 1 Corinthians 4.20. It says, For the kingdom of God is not in word, but what? In power. So there's a massive demonstration of God in the Spirit because it's the only way God's power is the only way there can be a release. When God sent Moses down to Egypt, what happened? There had to be a release because he said, you tell Pharaoh to let my people go. How many know Pharaoh didn't comply immediately? How many know the devil is not going to comply and let the people go that they might come to know Jesus? So there has to be what God did was release his power. What God did was use Moses, use him as a vessel to release his power so that his power could be demonstrated to work on them so they could let the people of God go. Now, let's back it up with Scripture, okay, because... This is good stuff here. You need to get a hold of what I'm saying. Look at Psalms 110, verse 3. 
It's time for the church to demonstrate to the enemy that our God is real. See, the reason we're having trouble <laughs> is because we haven't learned how to deal with the trouble. We're handling the trouble the same way the world handles trouble. This church ought to be filled. There's enough power in you this morning to save half of this city. There's enough, there's enough power, there's enough fire, there's enough witness in you that this church ought to be filled before next weekend. I'm just telling you what ought to be happening. But if we just sit back and say, well, you know, no, we do know. We know what he said. We know what the condition will be. We know that the word has to come with demonstration and power. It's available. Okay, now listen, listen. Your people, 110, Psalms 110, verse 3. Your people shall be volunteers. Say volunteers. King James says willing in the day of what? Your power. You see, we all in here are supposed to be willing. We're all volunteers. Not a one of you in here are here because you were forced. I said, not a one of you are here because somebody put a leash around you and pulled you in here. You're here as a volunteer. The Bible says if you be willing and obedient, you'll eat the good of the land. In the last day, the volunteers are going to rise up and they're going to advance the kingdom of God. And along with that, as you step out, you're going to see the power of God demonstrated out of your life. Now, I'm preaching to you, okay? <laughs> now, because, uh, put up Psalm 66, 3. It says, say to God, how awesome are your works. When's the last time you said to God, God, you're awesome. Through the greatness of your power, your enemies shall submit themselves to God. Boy, that is powerful. God has given this power to his church. You have been given power over all the power of the enemy. Well, what's going on here? I'll tell you what's going on here. Satan has tried to neutralize the power of God in the church by keeping the church natural. I'm telling you that 2014 is going to be the year of the supernatural church, the church of God that's going to rise up in the power, the same power that began the church of Acts. We're getting back to that pattern because in the last days there will be signs and wonders. Are you here? And we will not have the mind of the world, but we'll have the mind of Christ. Now listen to me. You make the church, here, here's, what, here's what I got. To the enemy, the enemy has tried to naturalize the church, meaning to keep people at a low level of living just natural life instead of supernatural life. That's why they lack. That's why they get sick. 
You say, well, everybody has to get sick. Jesus didn't get sick. I'm not going to confess I'm going to get sick. Why should I? I'm a child of God. Are you here? See, the world will look at you and carnal Christians will look at you like, you know, do you fall on your head or what? No, I fell on my heart. Okay? The church, <laughs> now listen, to make the church operate on the basis of solely human abilities. In other words, if the church does not conform to just the status quo or the natural attributes, it's like, well, oh man, they're, 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 out, of, they're out in left field. They're, they're, not, they're not on track here. But God has called us to be a supernatural church. Are you here? God is supposed to be radiating from this place. And in that radiation of God, now listen, there should be the levels that, oh, let me, let me just tell you this. There, there's the levels of this supernatural that most of the church is not experiencing. The levels, it begins with faith. But how many know it doesn't stop with faith? Some people think when they get faith, they've arrived. No, faith is the first step. You've got to give faith or you can't even please God. You've got to give faith so that God can instill in you the second part of this, this level, if you will, this, this, this supernatural level that ascends and causes or brings the power, and that's the anointing. You're not going to operate in much or if any anointing without faith. Come on. The anointing is what's on you so that you can break and destroy, come on, the works of the enemy that's trying to strangle the life out of you. So there's faith, that's a level. Thank God we can begin to operate in faith because we walk by faith and not by sight. Satan wants to keep the church at a sense level, going by what they see, going by what they feel, going by what people do to them. We have to elevate. We have to get out of that low life and come up in a level of faith where the anointing of God is on our life where we understand who we are in Christ Jesus. Now, that brings me to the third level, which we talk about, and it's the glory. You got faith, you got anointing, but the glory, because the glory is what we were beginning to see a glimpse of. It is the, it is the anointing maximized that brings, if you will, the environment that brings the presence of God. And the presence of God, what happens? Enemies begin, mountains begin to melt like wax at the presence of the Lord. That means no demon can stand. That means no evil can stand. Are you here? That means anybody that comes in this church that's not right before they leave this room, the glory of God will saturate this entire complex and they can't even get off of the grounds here without the glory of God arresting their spirit. Ha! Man. So we, 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 this, I'm telling you, this is what the church was called to do. This is what the church was designed to do. Not just give three points, a poem, and a couple of songs to arouse everybody, but to see the word in demonstration and power. 
Oh, somebody say amen. Now, I'm just trying to show you here how Jesus operated. Look at John chapter 14, verse 12. Are you with me? You're not shouting much. You know this passage, but what does it say? He said, assuredly, most assuredly, I say to you, he who believes in me, the works I do, he will do also, and greater works than these he will do because I go to my Father. Would you put that up in the message? I thought that was good. The message. It says the person, just look on the screen, the, the person who trusts me. Do you trust God this morning? Will not only do what I'm doing but even greater things. Did Jesus ever get sick? Do we find him laying in a bed somewhere all broken down? No. Did he go up to the sick and lay hands on them? Did miracle working power come out of the hands? Come on, are you with me? Did he operate in the wisdom of God? Did he operate in the knowledge of God? Did he have understanding? Was he anointed? Sure, he was anointed. He said, the Spirit of the Lord is upon me because he has anointed me. When he opened his mouth, did you sense a glory coming forth? Did you sense the presence of God? He said, if you've seen me, you've seen the Father. I don't do anything except what I hear the Father tell me to do. That's Jesus. That's how he operated. Jesus is our hero. Jesus is not a baby wrapped in swaddling clothes in a manger somewhere in an old broken down stable. He is the King of kings and the Lord of lords. He is the Lord of glory. And his glory is supposed to be radiating out of his church just like when Moses came down off of that hill, Mount Sinai, and his face was reflecting the glory of God. All right, now, listen to this, because we need to get something going in our church. i just talk to you just a little bit here, because in 2014, if we don't see some miracles, and we don't see the body of Christ in this church becoming active, then something not right. I'm reading my Bible. Revelation of the supernatural will bring the supernatural. There has to be an expectancy of the supernatural. Don't expect the supernatural to happen if you're not expecting it. You can't just, you can, but you shouldn't just come in here and expect nothing. Just because it's Sunday and you say, oh, we're supposed to go to church, you need to come in here prayed up. Well, you do the praying for us, but you need to learn to pray for yourself. You need to learn to get in the word for yourself. Pray, because that's the only way you're going to have lasting victories. If you've always got to get somebody to give you a word or always got to have somebody pray for you, listen, you need to grow up beyond that. I'm not getting after you. I'm just telling you that in the last days, see, we have an assignment to do. Okay, we, we, if the, listen, if the old people, remember I asked how many old people were here? I'm not talking about in age. I'm talking about people that have been here all these years don't want to come back in here and listen to the word, then we will fill it up with new ones. Somebody say praise the Lord. It's not that we don't care about the old ones. Look, the old ones have got to develop an appetite. 
If they think they've heard everything and they don't need this word, they're sadly mistaken. We'll continue to pray for them. But you see, there's a whole bunch of people out there that still needs Jesus and they still need to sit under the word of God where it can be demonstrated with power. I don't think the word of God is boring or supposed to be boring. I think it's exciting. <laughs> When you see God in the mighty thing, our God is an awesome God. Because the enemy, you know, you have to understand this before I go in for that. You're either advancing. Yeah, sometimes you have to hold, catch your breath, and keep advancing. Can't retreat. Can't go backwards. Because in the kingdom, you're either going forward. Help me out. Or you're going backward. You're either going forward or you're going backward. You can't stay. You can't stay in a neutral state. Not very long. You know why? Because as you're in neutral, the enemy is advancing. I said the enemy is advancing. What happens? You can look at our society. Look at our nation. When the church lays back and doesn't get into the pattern that God started the New Testament church to demonstrate, to be influencers in this country, in this nation, in the world today, the, the kingdom of darkness advances its agenda. You get laws on the books that are unjust. You say, what are you talking about? I'm talking about laws in our land that are passed by men or women who do not know the law of God. You have on the books today, just, and I don't want to, I don't want to get off on this, but you have marriage laws that are being passed today. God defines marriage. The Bible tells exactly what marriage is and what it's supposed to be. But we have men that pass unjust laws. You say, how are they unjust when the majority voted for them? Because they go against God. They go against the Word of God, so they're unjust. All of God's law is just. I said all of the law of God is just, but without a mind that is influenced by God and a spirit that's connected to God, they will allow other voices to talk them in to advancing, listen to me, the kingdom of darkness instead of the kingdom of light. Just like the people of God. You say, well, we're a Christian nation. Oh, we are? Where's all the Christians? You're not a Christian because you say you are. You're a Christian because you do the Word of God. We are warned in the Bible over and over not to hear, just be a hearer of the Word, but to be a doer of the Word. If you love God, He said, you will obey. You will keep my commandments. This is not something we do when we feel like it. 
This is something we do because we're volunteers in the army of God and we're going we're gonna to not just maintain, we're not going to be status quo, we're going to advance. I said God has not called us to retreat, church. So get ready. Get ready in 2014 to be a part of the supernatural church. And you have to be willing to step out because that's the way faith works. Faith doesn't see the whole picture and they say, well, when I see everything, when I have everything, no, 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 no. Faith says, God, you have provision in the unseen realm for everything that I need in this life and I can access it through my faith in you. Therefore, I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. And there is no weapon, there is no power of the enemy that will be able to stop me. Are you listening to this? Okay. Because what's happened is, remember what I said, <laughs> you're, either, you're either advancing the kingdom and being agents of change in this world or the world is changing you. Now what I see is the world is changing a lot of people who once were. Don't shout me down. I'm talking about once we're on fire for God. Once we're servants of God. Once we're, you know, the biggest shouters, givers, servants, all the things in play to advance the kingdom of God. But what happened? See, instead of becoming an agent of change and advancing the kingdom, they let the world change them and they succumbed to the ways of darkness instead of the ways of light. But here's what I'm saying to you, is that we should not treat trouble or we should not handle trouble the same way the world does. And that's a problem because we are called at a higher level. We have to develop, and I'm almost done, but I, I, want you to, I want you to catch what I'm saying here. Our job basically is to bring the light into a dark world. Are you with me? All right. I'm just telling you it's our time. I'm telling you that Jesus is coming back. He's coming back, and we read that all his enemies are going to be made his footstool. We're not supposed to be under. We're supposed to be over. We're not defeated, we're victorious. We're not supposed to be the sick, we're supposed to be the healed. We're not supposed to have lack and debt. Come on, somebody. We're supposed to have more than enough. All right, demonstrations of signs and wonders will be evident in the church because our wisdom is not in the wisdom of man, but it's in the power of God, in the Word of God. Are you with me? Okay, now, here's what I want... I want to leave you with this, okay? Let me just, just give you these couple things. We want to develop. All you that are serious, say amen. amen. Because I'm not up here just to say words. I'm not up here just to bring you a pretty message. I'm up here because God has given me this assignment. I'm here to speak into your life you can hear we must develop a superior 
mentality. I'm not talking about looking down at people. We don't look down at anybody. I'm talking about a superior mentality that knows who we are in Christ. That when trouble comes knocking, we have help. We're not called to solve these things in our own ability. We're not called to fight the good fight of faith in our own wisdom and our own strength. I'm talking about developing a superior mentality that no matter what comes, no matter what is thrown at you, you can overcome it. When the storm, when, see, when, when, what happened? When Jesus said to the disciples that day, we're going across to the other side of the lake. Remember what happened? The storm came, and where was Jesus? In the back of the boat at rest. When you know who you are in Christ, your faith is at rest. Now listen to this. When he calmed and he spoke to the storm, what did the disciples say? They let fear come upon their life. And they said, what manner of man is this? Like, who is he who can do that? Jesus knew where his power came from. He knew that he was in this earth, but he was not operating as a natural person. He was operating as a supernatural agent of God. And when he spoke to that storm, he had a superior mentality that no matter what came against him, he was on an assignment from God. He made a declaration, I'm going to the other side. And when God says, you're going to the other side, get ready, get your bags packed, you're going to the other side. Our church is going to the other side. So you have to attack, and I, 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 I want to leave this with you, you have to attack Fear at every level. Now let me tell you why. As I close, listen to me. Satan will bring the bad news. He will bring the presentation of trouble your way because he's doing a number or he's doing maintenance on your mind. Your mind is supposed to be renewed by the word of God. Your mind is what sees. Remember, we've covered this. Not your eyes, but your mind, because your mind paints picture. All right? So what happens is, is the enemy does maintenance on your mind to get you to remember who you were. Who you were before Jesus came into your life and you became a new creation. So... When he does maintenance on your mind and he brings the bad report, you start trying to fight it in your strength. You start trying to fight it in your ability or in your limited base of knowledge. Put up the scripture in Proverbs chapter 4 right quick so they can see it. Because here's what I'm telling you as I close. Look at this. Look what he says. Keep your heart with all diligence for out of it 
springs the issues of life. See the word issues there? It is the Hebrew word for boundaries. As long as Satan can keep you operating at a mental level, then you have prescribed boundaries. Because listen to me, you cannot, you cannot break out of your limits. You cannot break out of your boundary with your mind. You don't serve God with your mind. You serve God with your spirit. Your spirit is more real than your flesh. Your spirit is going to live forever. Are you here? Your spirit has been born again. Your spirit is what communicates with the spirit of God. God communicates with your spirit, not your head. Don't ever try to convince your mind what God is telling you. It will not work. You will come to a dead end. You will become weary in doing well. Convince your spirit that in God there is no limitation. It convince your spirit that with God all things are possible to him that believes. Well, stand up. I'm out of time. Man, I tell you. I hope you heard that. <laughs> Say this with me. Put your hand over your heart. See, we've got to refuse. We've got to refuse the negative image. We've got to refuse the bad news that brings fear. We should develop a superior mentality mentality that we never allow a sense of guilt or shame to intimidate us or any person or any circumstance or any situation. Are you with me? We need to develop that kind of superior mentality that we're not afraid of anything. We're not afraid of sickness. We're not afraid of disease. We're not afraid of cancer. We have been given dominion over every name that's named. Say this with me. Say, I believe in the Word of God. It is God's Word. I am who I, the Bible says I am. I can do what God says I can do. I am what the Word says I am. I can have what the Word says I can have. And this coming year, 2014, I decree I'm going to be part of the family of God, the supernatural church that will allow the Word to radiate out of my life with supernatural power, with signs and wonders and miracles. I believe that when I speak, it will command the attention of the hearing ear. It will cause the demon and devils to bow at the name of Jesus, which I will do, which I will come in, and which I'll proclaim in Jesus' name. Amen.